2: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team team. every day. day. day.
0: This is episode number 336 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. It's a crossover Wednesday and with the Washington Redskins taking on Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings Thursday night on Thursday night football at U.S. Bank Stadium Yeah, that means it's crossover Wednesday on a short week. And joining me now is Luke Brown, the host of Locked on Vikings. Luke and I catch it up for a full extensive preview of the Redskins and Vikings as we go back and forth, exchanging analysis and opinions. Here's part one of our conversation. Enjoy. Chris, how's it going? Go Nats. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was a big—it was a big win, Luke. Thank you um, for uh, doing this with me. Um, yeah, it's a big World Series Game One win for uh, Washington. And I would say this: that the Redskins are just lucky that this game is on Thursday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, because. The Nats don't play on Thursday night, so that's the only reason why anybody would actually watch the Redskins and pay attention to the Redskins.
1: (laughs) See, now here I thought you would maybe want a game to be on so it could distract it, so everybody could just, like, miss (laughs) this debacle that's about to happen.
0: Well, listen, um, around here, I I think most Redskins fans are rooting for your scenario that, unfortunately, uh, for them is not going to happen in terms of something else to distract them. But I'm rooting... Quite honestly, if I could just say this, I, not that I'm rooting against the Redskins, but Kirk Cousins is my guy. And I love Kirk Cousins, so I, I want to see him do well. I've been one of the, uh, the leaders of the Kirk Cousins uh, bandwagon, fan club, whatever, since he was drafted here. I mean, I've known him for seven years. I covered him for a long time. I got to know him. Uh, I've been around him a lot. So, you know, I'm kind of ho- hoping my guy proves Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder wrong. Uh, and maybe somehow the Redskins don't embarrass themselves. How about that? I, w-
1: I would love it if uh, Kirk had another lights out game. But there's like a, a familiarity going the other way, too, because we in Minnesota, like all of us, we all love Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. And we re- we've rooted for him uh, when he was in Denver and we're rooting for him over there. We want him to look good and go make a- another contract somewhere else and finesse this league for the money he deserves for the season right. he gave us. Um, but I, I could, let's start on uh, that side of the ball uh, with with Washington on offense. And I think my main question about about your team is because like I, I was just looking up to see kind of okay what's going on here. You know it's like 25th in offensive DVOA and 29th in defensive DVOA or something like that, and one in five or one in six, and just like this this really disastrous team. But going player by player, it's hard to identify like where the problem area is. You know, the offensive line seems below average, but not bad. The coverage, Josh Norman has struggled, but Quentin Dunbar's having an excellent season, and Jimmy Moreland looks promising. And, you know, the pass rush has, like, Ryan Kerrigan and Jonathan Allen. Like, where is the issue? And and we'll start with, uh, you know, Case Keenum in the offense. Where is the issue here? Like, what is, Terry McLaurin looks phenomenal. Like, what's going on? I, I really can't crack this nut.
0: Yeah, I, and, and sorry for coughing like a maniac through your question. Um, uh, I apologize about that. Um, so, so here's the the long short answer. It it starts with Case, right? Um, Case is a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's an intelligent guy, as you mentioned. You guys with the Minnesota Vikings fond of him. He led the team to the NFC Championship just you know uh, almost two years ago now. He's everything that ideally you would want from a person. Person. At the quarterback position. The problem is, is he hadn't played well since week one against the Philadelphia Eagles, a game that the Redskins could have won, should have won. And if he would have hit a second bomb touchdown, which was there and wide open to Terry McLaurin, who you just mentioned as well, the Redskins could have, and again, should have won that game. Since then, it's really been all downhill. And when you ask Case Keenum, to be something that he's not, and that is to basically rescue you from, you know, a, a spotty offensive line, a running game that wasn't clicking for many reasons early on in the season before Jay Gruden was fired, and then to have no tight ends, and really, again, only one receiver, maybe two, that you can count on. That's a lot. So it starts with Case. He hasn't been good enough, even though his touchdown to interception ratio has been pretty good. Um, He hasn't been accurate, Luke. So the Redskins are going to need him to be more accurate. And I think they need to continuously try and work on the short to intermediate passing game, which under Jay Gruden, it was long to medium and then everything else was checked down central Uh, I think in order to accentuate Case Keenum and what he can do well, yes, he can make every throw, but I think you need to shorten it up a lot more screens, wide receiver screens, natural running back screens, that type of thing, and then hopefully they get the running game going, which they have been able to do the last two weeks, but Adrian Peterson is banged up and dealing with a couple of different types of ankle sprains, and Chris Thompson is not going to be making the trip for the Washington Redskins, so that's going to hurt them both as a run game and in the screen game.
1: Yeah, so it, it, against both the run and the screen, both the Vikings linebackers, Barr and Kendricks, have been lights out. And uh, Eric Kendricks specifically has had an All Pro season so far. He leads all linebackers in uh, run stops and pass breakups, and I believe he's tied for the lead amongst all linebackers in pressures. He's having this like unbelievably productive season, and a lot of it is just like sniffing out those screens and kind of you know being a force uh, against the run. So if it comes down to getting the run game going with, you know, banged up Adrian Peterson, we're fairly familiar with such a phenomenon.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I
1: would I I would say that if it comes down to, you know, we need Eric Kendricks to fail, like I I my money wouldn't go there. Um, but well, you know, if well, it comes I'm down pretty, to I'm quick passing and getting brought, the ball out, that I, I, could Sorry, what? Oh, uh-huh. Uh, no, no. Uh, no I, I, I didn't in mean of like asking and getting the run. ball out, that could neutralize, you know, Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, who right. are both, I think, in in the top five in terms of of pressure generated.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mean to jump in on you. I, I was, I just got excited when you started listing all of these weapons, which is why I don't know if the Redskins are going to be able to run the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to screen game. The Minnesota Vikings again. Even with, even if they had Chris Thompson going against the weapons and the athletes that you guys have in the front seven, so I wonder if the Redskins are going to try and stretch this Viking defense vertically because they feel like they're not going to be able to have success running the ball and doing the things that we just talked about against this core and this front seven of the Minnesota Vikings. That's what I'm kind of curious about from a matchup and a philosophy standpoint, because that's opposite of what Bill Klan, the interim head coach, has wanted to do in his career and the first two games as a head coach. I wonder if they try and counter it and attack whatever they perceive to be the weakness of the Vikings, and perhaps that weakness that they perceive is more in the secondary as opposed to the front seven.
1: Yeah, teams have been afraid of doing that. And I think it's because of the edge rushers, because of, you know, Griffin and Hunter have, you know, dissuaded that. You just can't take a seven step drop uh, the way that they're like just chewing up tackles. But Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes both had real bad games against the Lions that they're coming off of. And now they're in a short week and they have. Uh, Rhodes specifically has not really been up to the level that we're like used to seeing Xavier Rhodes play. And Trey Waynes has always been, you know, a cornerback who's a fine, you know, second cornerback, a fine CB2. But he has never really been like a lockdown, you know, shutdown guy. So if you wanted to try to go deep and and the Lions kind of did that and they went, you know, they put up 30 like trying to go deep and they did get a couple of deep bombs on the Vikings. Um, I, I think that that's probably the best thing, but teams have been really afraid to do it because I don't think that they think that they have time for those to develop so, and and especially with, like, Bill Callahan's, like, coaching philosophy, as we are familiar with it, like, I wonder if they're going to do the thing that is probably the only chance that they have in this game. Because I don't think you can beat the Vikings four yards at a time. In fact, the Vikings kind of design their defense to, like, lure you into taking, you know, a three-yard check down and, and feeling like you did the play well, and then suddenly it brings up a third and six where they can stop you.
0: Yeah, no, it's a great point, and... I mean, clearly, here's here's another thing that's really going to affect the Redskins is never mind the noise at U.S. Bank Stadium where, you know, they haven't played at that particular stadium. Um, It's always loud, Minnesota, but even louder uh, now with the new digs. Um, The Redskins' offensive Luke have been absolutely dreadful in terms of taking penalties, false starts. Holding, I mean, this is going to be a yellow flag affair and party, and it's probably all going to go against the Washington Redskins. Or mostly going to go against the Washington Redskins on the offensive line. From the center on out, Chase Rullier Brandon Sheriff, Morgan Moses, it has just been a disaster. And Donald Penn is going to have to probably deal most of the game with Everson Griffin. Um, you know, so that's not going to be an easy matchup there. Uh, again, I'll be real curious to see if they can't run the football, which I know th- they're going to try and do that early on. If they can't shorten up the passing game, screen, little picks, rubs, that type of, you know, Wide receiver. They try and run these little gadget plays with the Steven Sims Jr. guy, uh, you know, a little shovel pack. If they can't get that go, going, they're going to just have to take some chances, either at a gun or, like you said, on those seven-step jobs. Because otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to go three and out, and Kirk and, Kirk and Dalvin Cook are going to eat you alive. And that's... Luke Braun and I on part one of our crossover Wednesday conversation as the Redskins and Vikings get ready for Thursday night football. Chris Russell, this is locked on Redskins coming up next more X's and O's more matchups and all sorts of goodness for this particular matchup between the Redskins and the Vikings. Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. That's OnePeloton.com. Use the promo code LOCKED to get started. Right here on Crossover Wednesday on Locked on Redskins. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Not to go to work. Not to go to the store because you forgot something, but ready to go to the bedroom. That's right. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, fellas. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready to go whenever the opportunity comes about if you could benefit from a little extra function fellas and more confidence where it matters blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance blue chew is prescribed online shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctors visit no waiting in the pharmacy and best of all no more awkwardness they're made in the usa and since blue chew prepares and ships direct they're cheaper than a pharmacy right now We've got a special deal for our listeners. If you visit bluechew.com, you get your first shipment for free when you use our special promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. Get it now, guys. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off. And watch some football. Game winning touchdowns on two minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with nobody to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than betting on them, guys. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, so you should too. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, and many of you are, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little, win a lot, try a parlay. No matter how you bet the NFL season, is the best time of the year. So join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LockedOn to activate the offer, guys. That's promo code locked on and visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. We continue right along with Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. You can follow him at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked Vikings. Locked On Vikings, I should say. You can follow me, Chris Russell. At Locked Redskins, no Locked On, uh, Locked Redskins or WrestleMania 6 one Part two of the conversation between Luke and myself. Uncharacteristically of a Mike Zimmer defense, they've been
1: racking up defensive holds and even defensive holds on the defensive line. They had two of those last week. Uh, and, you know, illegal contact penalties and pass interference penalties and stuff. They've been it's been kind of a flag fest up north here, too. So it, it might be one of those like excruciating Thursday night games that everybody complains about on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's move to the to the other side of the ball here uh, and and let's talk a little bit about your defense because i kind of have the same question it's like really poor right. in dvoa but i would expect the pass rush to be pretty well it seems like they're generating a reasonable amount of pressure it seems mm-hmm. like you know in coverage outside of josh norman who uh, it looks like he probably isn't going to play in this one um and adam thielen definitely won't play at least in my opinion I, I know mike zimmer has been a tease about it but it seems pretty likely that he won't even uh you know be uh, be in pads so uh, you know, what do you what are your expectations of, of this defense against an offense that's hot right now, but is certainly yep. like streaky. And I think you're familiar with that plenty with like Kirk Cousins.
0: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I guess I would say this when the Redskins defense is firing on all cylinders and they did put plenty of pressure and do a pretty good job against. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and a 49er offensive line that quite honestly was missing its two offensive tackles. So that was part of the reason why they had the kind of success, pressures, hurries, uh, and, and and all that stuff against Jimmy Garoppolo. But they also did a pretty good job against Josh Rosen and the Miami Dolphins. And again, we all understand what, what that's about. This defense was built to be a top 10 defense. They just failed in so many ways you mentioned Josh Norman. He was he's been dreadful in coverage. Uh, they've had key injuries. They're young at inside linebacker at one of the two inside linebacker spots. They haven't gotten enough from Montez Sweat, uh, their first round, their second first round rookie. Uh, Kerrigan is just starting to come around. And usually, from when Kerrigan plays the way he has, basically the last two games, Kerrigan's starting to feel himself a little bit. So I would be worried about that from a Minnesota. Uh, perspective. But the one thing that I would just say is their third down defense it is it's gotten better over the last couple of weeks. Uh again, they've played some poor offenses. But their third down defense at one point, Luke, was sixty-four percent allowed. And that was like four weeks into the season. Uh, Yeah, I I mean just dreadful. So and, and even against the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they were a little bit better, but they were San Francisco converted seven or eight, and, and we're not talking third and one, third and two. We're talking third and seven, third and eight, third and nines, and they could have had a couple more if you go back and watch the tape of the game. Uh, one they missed on a penalty, so on and so forth. Um, so just to keep this kind of short to some degree, I would say if the Minnesota Vikings can get themselves even in third and four, third and five, third and six, They are going to have a lot of success against this Washington Redskins defense, especially, as you mentioned, on a short week, especially, as you mentioned, Josh Norman, unlikely to play. I don't want to rule him out just yet, but unlikely to play, dealing with multiple injuries. And quite honestly, the Redskins, you know, Quentin Dunbar is their best corner. Uh, But the problem is, is everything else. Besides Landon Collins, is broken on the back end, too. Monte Nicholson's a little bit banged up. Fabian Moreau hasn't been very good early this year. Uh, and, and, And that's where Kirk Cousins, I think, even without Thielen, can really get to work. I mean, clearly, Diggs will be the number one option. But I think that's where he can get to work on some of those other cornerback and defensive back matchups of the Redskins' defense.
1: Yeah, this is where I think the most interesting matchup is of the game is, just because, you know, if if you say Quentin Dunbar's a good corner, and I think this year he's absolutely had, like, he's been having a great year. He's, like, three right. interceptions, great PFF grade. Uh, and and the Vikings only really have digs, and then this huge drop-off to the next guy, which is Ola B.C. Johnson. He's a seventh-round rookie. Right. Uh, and then I guess the two tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, who hasn't been having much of a year at all. He's been mostly a blocker this year. They've been using a lot of max protect to kind of help out the offensive line and Irv Smith, who's also a rookie. I mean, the weapons after Diggs have, like, are they're just littered with question marks. So even a broken back end might have, like, a better chance against them than you might think. And I think the most interesting matchup to me is that, that you know, the Vikings skill players versus the back end uh, of, of Washington. So I, I, I really, like, am excited to kind of look into that and see how, like, Irv Smith does and B.C. Johnson does but getting into, like you mentioned, getting into that third and fourth, third and five might just come down to the run game. And the Vikings run game has been really, really explosive. I've been doing a project uh, where I've tracked every explosive run and touchdown that they've gotten over the year and, like, looked at the film of all of it. That's, it's pinned to my Twitter feed. Um, and the kind of the running theme is that the, the run blocking, even from guys who are pretty maligned, like Pat Elfline, the left guard, Garrett Bradbury, the rookie center who's been up and down, Uh, their run blocking has been really, really solid on these plays. And then it gets Dalvin Cook, who's been unbelievably explosive and super elusive and that he's like created runs that shouldn't be there, that he has no right. He's getting yards. He has no right to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I wonder if, like, getting to that, you know, third and manageable situation, if they just go run, run, and then pass on a nailing secondary for a third down, and maybe that's the game plan here, and you just kind of say, all right, we're going to just play these guys straight up because, you know, pound for pound, they can't outmatch us. Do you think that that's a plan that, like, can work against you guys?
0: Yeah, absolutely, because here, here's another problem this defense is often on the field for far, far, far too long. So if you pound them a little bit and soften them up in the first quarter, quarter and a half, the Redskins might have some success bottling up Dalvin Cook. But eventually they're going to get creased, not only with the run, but also in the screen game as we kind of talked about what the Redskins might want to do. But I really like your point, especially with Thielen, again, probably not being able to play this game. Certainly Stefan Diggs I'm sure will draw – Quinton Dunbar, and that'll be a really good matchup. I really like your point about not only one tight end, but both tight ends hurting the Washington Redskins uh, in this game. I think this will probably be – I don't want to call it a breakout game, but this will probably be one of those games where you see a lot of, not only Rudolph, but I agree with you, Irv Smith, because the Redskins are good at taking out and isolating like one guy that could probably kill them. The problem is is everybody else, and they've been historically bad over the years, many, many years now, covering and tracking tight ends, and we're not even talking about you know, gazelle like tight ends. We're talking about sometimes dinosaur like tight ends uh, like the Cowboys have had, even when Jason Witten was not involved. And that's been a problem for this Redskins defense. I think a guy you can pick on in coverage is rookie linebacker Cole Holcomb. I think uh, Landon Collins, even though he's a ferocious hitter, and he won uh, NFC defensive player of the week a week ago, he is not great in coverage. Monte Nicholson, if he even plays, is banged up. They're short another safety. So Troy Apke, who had an interception last week, is going to have to play a lot. He's really still developing as a free safety. So to me, the opportunities for Kirk, especially in the red zone, are absolutely going to be there to the tight ends.
1: So that brings me to kind of the, a question that I've been trying to ask everybody. and it's that, So the Vikings use two running backs for two tight ends. And they don't use the classic three wide receiver personnel so much. So they're kind of basically saying, all right, everybody's inv- invested in their slot corners. We're going to put them in a base package so that their slot corners stay off the field. You know, get rid of the Chris Harrisism. Right. So for you guys, what is the strategy when you see two tight ends or or two running backs? You know, some people will keep a third linebacker. Some people keep a third safety. That's how the Eagles did it. Uh, you know, some people will just stay in their nickel package because their slot corner is good enough to, like, handle those tight ends. What what does Washington do?
0: Yeah, so uh, because they're so banged up at safety, at times this year they've rolled with a three safety package and walked somebody down on the line of scrimmage to kind of cover what you're talking about. Again, they don't have a... You know, John Bostic is the guy that they generally trust the most, an inside linebacker who's been around the league for him, a second round pick, who's played well since coming here after the Reuben Foster injury. They've trusted him uh, in a lot of man coverage uh, type situations up the seam. Uh, But again, I wouldn't expect to see many three safety looks in this game because they're so thin. I mentioned Monte Nicholson's banged up. It's a possibility that he doesn't play. They're missing DeShazer Everett. I mentioned Troy Apke. I'm not sure how many three safety looks. So I I would expect Bostic to be in a lot of man, man coverage, especially against a guy like Rudolph uh, in, in this particular spot. Um, and if you're, if you're running that 12 personnel uh, with the two tight ends, you know, I, I mean, to me, you're not going to be able to man up on everyone, right? So you're going to have to zone up on somebody. And that's where the Redskins, I, I think, if the Vikings are creative and if they can find a way to isolate the Cole Holcomb, the rookie linebacker, fifth-round pick out of North Carolina, who's speedy and athletic but is kind of smallish, and Montez Sweat and Ryan Anderson on the same side of the field, if you can find those that matchup, that's what you want to attack, whether it be with, again um, – Kyle Rudolph or even with Herb Smith that's what you want to attack because I don't think the Redskins are going to be able to have all of the answers uh, out of that two tight end look that you were just talking about don't you dare go anywhere we still have more content to come part three as we wrap up crossover Wednesday next
2: is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy either way join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for more
0: and right back to Luke Brown, right here, locked on Vikings, locked on Redskins. It is crossover Wednesday. Get you set for Thursday Night football between the Redskins and the Minnesota Vikings.
1: So something we saw last week was Detroit's uh, pass rush really fell apart. And it let Kirk Cousins, and I'm sure you're familiar with this, you know, Kirk Cousins basically could just stand there forever and deal. And when you don't put Kirk Cousins under pressure, bad things are going to happen to you. He's kind of the the type of quarterback that you really have to pressure to, you know, really get him to start making those mistakes. So, you know, pass rush wise, how do you feel about, it? you know, the Vikings have uh brian o'neill the right tackle is playing at a pro bowl level in my opinion josh klein the right guard is playing fine i think the uh left tackle riley reef is playing fine they've had a couple of issues with bradbury and elf line in pass protection i think those are the weak spots so if you have a good like nose tackle or a good three technique tackle that can penetrate you know like uh fletcher cox or akeem hicks really or he didn't play uh grady Jarrett, that's what i'm thinking of grady Jarrett got the better of us um you know how do you feel about the that kind of front pass rush and getting pressure on kirk cousins
0: Yeah, I think what you're talking about is Deron Payne collapsing the pocket over Bradbury on, uh, you know, either side, either part of the A-gap, you know, that type of thing. And then Jonathan Allen maybe on a stunt. Uh, Matt Ioannidis is another guy that, again, uh, doesn't scare you just when you look at him, but he's just a plugger, a worker. He's got some good speed, uh, you know, for a near 300-pound guy. There are... This is a good defensive line for the Washington Redskins when it's healthy. Uh, they're not deep because of injury uh, to a couple of other guys, but they—they're a good defensive line. Now I don't know how effective they'll be in the third and fourth quarter. Again, uh, if 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 they're getting pounded on with the run game and they're having a chase, uh, you know. But but I expect them to show up in the first quarter, quarter and a half, maybe the first half, and make Kirk's uh, night a little bit more difficult. Um, the question that I would have is, you know, are they going to blitz really at all? And especially on those third down or those ideal blitz type situations, you know, I, I, I kind of like, you know, second and nine, I'm going to throw a little bit uh, more of an exotic look. I don't think the Redskins are going to cook up a lot of those schemes uh, because, A, they know Kirk Cousins well, and they know that if, again, it gets picked up, and you mentioned some of the good play the Vikings have gotten on the, on the perimeter edges of their offensive line, they know they can't cover. They know they're going to get exposed. They know they're going to get burned. So I would expect the Redskins to try and rush three on third and eight-plus, uh, drop eight on, on first and second downs, Um, you know, in passing situations, I would probably only expect them to try and get that natural pass rush with the four guys and very rarely blitz because I think they think if they blitz, they're going to get exposed and exposed badly.
1: Man, if it were, if it were me knowing what I know about the Vikings, I would definitely blitz to, you know, try to hide the coverage, try to help the coverage, you know, make it so they have to cover for less time. But maybe that's why I'm not Bill Callahan.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, well, you, you know, I, your point makes sense, uh, and, and and Greg Minuski, trust me, the defensive coordinator has been under a lot of heat for not doing exactly what you just mentioned. The problem is, is they don't have, you know, they didn't have confidence in Josh Norman when he was healthy, and they certainly don't have confidence right now, being that he's out of the lineup, or at least he was last Sunday, and he could be, and even if he is playing this third. And then again, a rookie in Jimmy Moreland, uh, a guy who's struggling, and Fabian Moreau, a lot of holding penalties, uh, the merry-go-round at safety. They just, they feel like, okay, our best shot is we have to win with four. And that does make sense, especially against a veteran quarterback. But I also get the flip side of it is, okay, if you're not getting home with four and you're not winning, you got to fire some missiles. And they've just been unwilling to do that. Uh, outside of probably the Miami game, and they weren't scared at all about Josh Rosen and that Miami offense, and that's why I think they did it. I think they're petrified about Kirk Cousins, even without Adam Thielen.
1: God, that is fascinating, especially because you know what a lot of the the Kirk Cousins. This it's a lot like like the twenty fifteen like McVeigh year over there. It's it's been a lot of play action and a lot of rollouts and stuff, and that's been really killing teams. So I wonder if that kind of dissuades them, too, if, you know, they don't want to send a bunch of people that'll just get tricked on a play action. But uh, let's let's talk predictions real quick. Um, I think the the Vikings are favored by 15 and a half or 16 yeah. right now uh, as yeah. as we record this. So, you know, give me a prediction in, in whatever format you like. And then the only other sure. question that I would have for you is if we're coming away on Friday and and you guys have pulled off the upset, You know, what's the story? What's the headline? You know, is it is it that, oh, Kirk Cousins still stinks in primetime or is it that, you know, something is better than we think in Washington?
0: Yeah, no, it won't be something better than you think. It'll be Redskins fans or See, I told you so. He stinks in big games. And all of a sudden <laughs> they'll think they are a big game because it's on Thursday night football. No, no, no. It's just the schedule makers put it on Thursday night football because there was some juice in terms of the matchup. It's not a big game when you're 1 and 6 and even if you win, you're 2 and 6. Now, that being said, they're not going to win meaning the Washington Redskins. Do I think they can cover 15 15 and a half, 16? Yeah, I think so. I don't think their defense is anywhere near as bad as it was the first four or five weeks of the season. I think they're playing much better. I am concerned about some of those injuries on the back end, as we mentioned. I think some of that, again, gets negated by Thielen's loss. Uh, To me, I think the Redskins probably lose by 10 to 14 points. I'll say I'll take the Redskins plus whatever the final number is, but the Vikings win by, again, 10 to 14 I
1: I think I'm about there with you. Uh, I I think that while, you know, it's pretty clear that you guys have some pretty glaring issues and it's going to be difficult for you to win any game on the road, especially on a short week and stuff. I mean, the Vikings are on a short week, too. And uh, the thing is, though, that like this season, the kind of M.O. has been that Kirk Cousins dices up bad teams and gets diced up by good teams. And so, you know, I mean, we're crushing the people we're supposed to crush and we're getting crushed. You know, we're not we're not proving ourselves against the good teams, I guess. Although the Lions are pretty good, and they uh, you know, were able to keep up in a shootout there. So maybe the narrative's turning around, but it's like the litmus test, right? Like, can you beat Kirk Cousins? If not, you're a bad team, and so I guess we'll probably learn what we think we're going to learn there. Um, But I don't know. I I see a bunch of, you know, I see that the weak spots that you guys have are the kinds of weak spots that, like, the Vikings aren't as well-equipped to take advantage of in this matchup. You know, they don't have Adam Thielen, so they can't take advantage of, you know, not having more than one good corner. You know, they they don't have the reliability on the offensive line that lines had a couple of good games here, but there's still lots of question marks, you know, to take advantage of that, like that fear of blitzing. So I still think that they'll win and I don't think that it's going to be like a nail biter of a game or anything, but I'm, I'm probably in that 10 to 14 range in that
0: that Washington will will cover And that's going to do it for Locked On Redskins and Locked On Vikings crossover Wednesday. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks very much to Luke Braun. Excellent analysis there. We will have more content to come right here
2: on LOR. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.